0: Now for Stand Sport, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Hall of Famer, two-time World Cup winner, 11-year test career. Did it all, did it all. Timmy
1: Horan, good morning, Tim. G'day, Pat Heels. Uh, loving the show, mate. Uh, thanks for having us on. No, well,
0: yeah, we, thanks, Timmy. We, we want to tap into your vast knowledge. Give us reasons to believe in the Reds this year. They kick off uh, on Saturday night against the Hurricanes. who We don't have the greatest record against in Townsville.
1: Yeah, good opportunity, um, Paddy, because um, we're going to put them up in Townsville. It's about thirty-eight degrees on Saturday, apparently. So, I think there was a request from the New Zealand teams if they play up in Queensland early in the season or like in Townsville. I think the Hurricane said can we can we have twenty-minute quarters, and then the Reds have said no. You go 40 forty-minute halves, and you know, and no water stops. So yeah, it's a good opportunity for the Reds. Uh, you know, Brad Thorne into his fifth season now as coach. So. Opportunity for him to, um, you know, decide whether he wants to continue coaching the Queensland Reds. And it's been fortunate. He hasn't got many injuries um, at this time of the year, which is pleasing for him. Last year he had in the first two rounds, he had seven or eight guys go down. So, yeah, good opportunity against a pretty hot uh, Hurricanes team.
2: Yeah, Timmy, the, uh, Thorny's been reasonably quiet in this pre-season. I, would that be right? I, I, maybe it's just us that haven't been hearing from him. Yeah, he's got
1: um, Mick Heenan, who was the coach at the University of Queensland club and, and yes. won six or seven premierships there. He's now an assistant coach, um, and also um, you know the opportunity for Thorny now to sort of step back a little bit and allow you know, his assistant coaches to to do a bit more at training and 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 the game plan. So you know Thorny, uh, I spoke to him the other day. I was down in uh, Narrabri. the Queensland Reds had a trial against uh, New South Wales Waratahs. They lost by one point. I think it was 33-32, and um, they look really sharp. They look fit.
2: You know, that was two weeks out from the season starter. So okay.
1: I think Thorny's got this side uh, ready to go.
2: Yeah, he went to Perth before that, didn't they? They had a hot game over there, I, I believe. Could, do you reckon he could be one of Eddie's gang? You know, Eddie's trying to just um, rob the Webb Web Ellis from under the radar. Do you reckon he might just pinch Thorny as well?
1: it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's just lost Dan McKellar, who is assistant coach at the Wallabies, of course, last year, and also coached the Brumbies. Now, Stephen Larkham is back coaching the Brumbies this year. So, And tomorrow night, the Brumbies take on New South Wales, Waratahs at Allianz Stadium. They're expecting about 35,000 people to that game. But yeah, he's now da- Dan McKellar, who's going to coach over in the UK with Leicester. So, um, Laurie Fisher has also stood down as well. So, Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Eddie Jones does with his assistant coaches. There's talk that Derek Barnes might come in and be one of the assistants. So, um, yeah, but I think Eddie, I think you guys have seen, he's going to put a bit of spark into the game of rugby, but then comes a time that you'll have to actually win some matches.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, plenty of headlines at the moment, but then it it comes down to, you know, in a World Cup year, winning big matches. Hey, three players that I wanted to talk to you about within this Reds outfit, O'Connor, McWright-Wilson seem, you know, well, not seem to be, they were on the outer with Dave Rennie, weren't they?
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, those three players, um, you know, Fraser Mick Wright, I think he'll get a good um, shot this year under Eddie Jones. And, um, you know, when you look at Liam Wright as well and, and Harry Wilson, both those players, you know, didn't feature much at all in the Wallaby squad no. last year. Harry Wilson did for one test. But I think Eddie Jones, he's a such a meticulous coach. He will watch every video, every game, uh, he'll dissect every player, their strengths and their weaknesses. And I was a selector with him back in the early 2000s, and he's so particular about every single player, whether it's a player that is part of the squad or a player that he'd like to have part of the squad. So um, I sat with him in the first half in the trial game, and he he mentioned um, four or five players from the Reds who I would have thought may not have made the Wallaby squad. So a guy called Zane Nongor, who's a who's a prop, uh, he mentioned Liam Wright's name. So he'll get to know who these players are and um, he'll make sure he'll know what their strengths and weaknesses are and and get the best out of them.
2: Yeah, he stopped um, short of telling the provincial sides how he'd love them to play, but I'm assuming he's communicated the style that he wants the Wallabies to play with and so therefore get your players ready to fit into that if they want to play for the Wallabies. What can we expect from the Eddie Jones style?
1: Yeah, it's a good point, Heels, because what they they do that in New Zealand. They've done that for a long time. So the All Black coach, whoever that may be at the time, will say, this is the style of game that we'd like to play for the All Blacks. This is what we're going to play. Um, and he'll go and meet with every coach of the New Zealand teams and say, this is the style. Not expecting you to play exactly that, but I'd like you to try and play as close as that as you can because that's how your players are going to be um, available for selection, much better um, for the same sort of style. So... Mm. Yep, Eddie Eddie will talk to the coaches, he'll talk to Brad Thorn. he'll talk to Darren Coleman from the Waratahs about what he's expecting, um, but he won't dictate exactly how they want to play, but mm. um, yeah, hopefully the Wallaby team, he'll play a quick ruck game, he's, um, that's what he's done in Japan and England, and we're talking to him on Stan Sport um, tomorrow night before the Waratahs game, and I'm going to ask him, what's he learnt coming from coaching England, and yes, he got sacked from England after five or six years, but... What did you learn that you're not going to apply to the Wallabies?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a general fascination about him, Timmy, isn't there? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the public perception is they expect success from the Wallabies, and maybe Eddie's the one to deliver.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, Patty, because I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking to someone the other day about it, and you know, we, we, I think we've sacked the last four Wallaby coaches. Yeah. So you know, Michael Checker. Ewan McKenzie, uh, I think Robbie Deans was part of that as well. Um, of course, John Connolly well before that. And I think his fans, and maybe maybe as an Australian rugby board as well, we think, well, let's sack the coach because the next coach is going to win us a Bledisloe Cup or going to win us a World Cup. And we expect success from a new coach. But, I mean, Eddie's delivered before. He's obviously been to a couple of World Cup finals, um, obviously with England um, in, in Japan in 2019. Of course, the Wallabies in 2003 He was part of he was assistant coach of the Springboks back in 2007 when they won. So mm. he's he's been on the big stage. He knows what sort of game plan you have to play to win a World Cup. So yeah, it's intriguing, isn't it? It's um, going to get a lot more eyeballs on the game. And um, but there's only five Test matches before the Rugby World Cup, yeah. party. so I've got four four Tests around for Rugby Championship, and they play France two weeks um, out from the tournament starting in Paris. So. Five test matches to get this side going.
0: Yeah, I I saw the the highlights of France Ireland in the Six Nations. Point that was it was thrilling rugby. It was great.
1: Yeah, well, I think the the last five or six years in the Northern Hemisphere, the, the, the teams over there, their fitness levels, and the the way they play the game now. Like previously was probably ten man rugby where they kick a lot of penalty goals. Now it's an open expansive game brand of rugby, and it's exciting to watch and. Mm. Um, Northern Hemisphere rugby's come a long way and um, no Northern Hemisphere team has won a Rugby World Cup, but maybe this one this year might be
2: the the one. Yeah, but the Southern Hemisphere teams should be so good and they are pretty good, but it's just not quite as close just at the moment. To me, Timmy, rugby sometimes is so unprofessional to to its sport and to the juniors and to the fans. By living World Cup to World Cup every four years, but we waste three years getting there. Yeah, I think sometimes heels that, um, I've mentioned that a while back, where everyone's saying, oh, let's
1: get this player ready for the World Cup in two years' yeah. time. I think you, you you play them now. You've got to win a heap of test matches now, promote the game in between Rugby World Cups, which I think they've done a, a better job around the juniors and country rugby over the last couple of years because... In between, I think I counted it up a while back. In between rugby world cups, there's something like fifty six to fifty eight test matches. Yeah, so that's yeah. that could be half a player's careers if you play every one. So um, I think they're doing a good job. Heels, it's um, uh, you know it's difficult when the television revenue from NRL and also AFL is you know well above what anywhere near what rugby gets. So to put Coaching, you know, clinics on around the country with, um, you know, coaching directors and things is difficult for um, rugby, oh, and they do it pretty well now. They've expanded, you know, a lot of junior teams and and heels. I think you'd agree, the sevens program in rugby is huge, and it's a big marketing tool for rugby, where a lot of girls are playing sevens rugby, a lot of young boys are playing sevens rugby, and that's where I think they should put a lot of effort because obviously the, the sevens are played in the Olympics, and we're going to host that in about nine years' time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Hey, just quickly, O'Connor, what are your thoughts there, James O'Connor?
1: Yeah, uh, it doesn't look like he'll play this weekend, Tom Liner, Uh, Michael Liner's son, looks like he's going to
0: start
1: at number 10. Yeah, so um, that's the call, and I've seen Tom Liner play a few matches, he played at Queensland uh, Uni for a while last year, and um, talking to Michael Liner yesterday, he's obviously very nervous as a father, but very (laughs) proud of Tom, but... He's a little fella and he'll he'll direct the Reds around. they just got to guard him um, defensively around that sort of ruck. So, yeah, great opportunity for him. But James O'Connor's ankle's still not right. Um, yes. He's worked very hard at it. And it looks like, I actually said to one of the Reds' um, coaching directors the other day, will, will James O'Connor stay next year? I thought he may retire, but he's quite keen to stay this year and next year. So, I'm interested to see how it goes. But in Townsville, it will be a hot one on Saturday night and hopefully the Reds can get their first win.
0: Yeah.
1: Looks oh, like we're going to use Tupo, lose Tupo. Yeah, Tenio Tupo looks like he's re-signed with Rugby Australia, which is great for the Wallabies because he was um, knocking back an offer of nearly $2 bucks a year over in Japan. Um, and so he's going to play now for the Melbourne Rebels. So um, I think that's I mean, the Queensland Reds would be disappointed, but there's some young props coming through and Obviously, with the salary caps, a lot of money put into Tanyo Tupo, and he's got a ruptured Achilles, had that operated on, and he's going to be really touch and go to get to the World Cup.
0: Right, Timmy, really appreciate your time, as usual, mate. You're so generous, and of course, we'll see everything on stand, and we've got these new rules to make it a little quicker as well.
1: Yeah, apparently the referees, we spoke to the head of the referees during the week, and um, they're going to let the game flow a lot quicker a lot more, not allow the TMO to come in. The TMO can't, the television match official can't come in much anymore. And um, So it's good for the game. So if you go and grab a couple of beers at Suncorp Stadium, you're actually going to miss some of the rugby rather than (laughs) previous years. There'll be another, a third scrum packing. (laughs) There's shot clocks on scrums for 30 seconds and referees are going to try and move the game on, which is great.
0: That's brilliant news. Tim Horan, thank you
1: very much. Thanks, Timmy. Good on you, boys. Nice to chat.
0: Uh, 752 it is, yeah. Great to have him on the show. He's so knowledgeable about it. He's so, so thorough, Healds, too, in his preps. I mean, you see him at Reds training a lot and just, you know, picking the brains of the coaches and the players. And, of course, they all love him. I mean, there's no bigger name in Australian rugby than Tim Horan. And, uh, you know, he and John Healds are the two of the biggest names that we've ever had in the game. So, yeah, it, it's wonderful he's so involved still.